archives this is our first episode ever and i'm going to take rogan on a wonderful journey uh i'm chelsea finnegan and rogan mcandrews is my co-host so hello (laughs) so rogan feel free to interrupt me as i talk about this topic with any questions or uh quips you might have because otherwise it's just going to be me talking for a long time and oh absolutely all right the first topic. That's what I, I do best. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I see you're getting your practice in. Oh, the yeah. first topic I wanted to talk with you about for our first ever episode is something I've wondered about for a long, long time. I've always found this topic to be fascinating. I mean, this thing is found in pop culture from nursery rhymes to entire TV series to bands. I've never had an excuse to look into it and become a true nerd on the subject, so I used our podcast as an excuse. Okay. I want to I'm start. ready. <laughs> <laughs> to start, I have a question for you. Have you ever yes. wondered what happens to mushrooms? I mean, where do they go? Where do they come from? Do you have any guesses? Where do they come from, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, left you speechless on that one. I may or may not have written that in my script, so I was <laughs> like, <laughs> why are we the same person? Um, I have n- no idea. Uh, well, I know spores. Spores get released and then jump all over the place and have a good time. Uh, yep. They they sound like a bunch of fun guys. Oh, lordy. (laughs) It's going to be one of those episodes. Oh, yeah. Starting off great. It should get all the puns out of our system. Um, That's all I have. All right. (laughs) Well, I mean, at least you know a little bit about spores because mushrooms are actually... Can I I swear on this podcast? Because there's no other word to describe mushrooms other than... Messed up. And if you hadn't caught on... (laughs) (laughs) yes there we go great if if you hadn't caught on my topic today is mushrooms first what they are how do they work where do they come from where do they go where do they come from cotton eye joe (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i took that from you (laughs) how could you uh then now (laughs) i have played both the mushroom man games does that make me somewhat of an expert? Uh, maybe on the pop culture subject, because I am going to tell you also about their history and literature and culture. And then finally, we're going to talk about psychedelic properties of mushrooms Ooh, nice. at the end. So, um, yeah, they're in, they're in tons of games, but I'll get to that. But first, <laughs> I need to tell you about what mushrooms are. Mushrooms are not plants. I thought they were. I was wrong. Mushrooms get their entire kingdom. Fungi. They contain no chlorophyll and are considered saprophytes, which means they get their nutrition by eating, I'm making air quotes, non-living organic matter. 
Another distinction between mushrooms and plants is that mushrooms make their cell walls out of kitten, chitin. It's pronounced chitin. It, yes. It really looks like it should be kitten. Anyway, the same material that the exoskeleton of bugs is made out of, and plants do not make chitin. An interesting fun fact here is that some scientists actually consider mushrooms to be half animal, half plant, but I just think they're fun guys. <laughs> Oh man, I stole that from you too. You did. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I I had no idea mushrooms were made of kittens. <laughs> chitin. Yeah. It's, it's spelled C-H-I-T-I-N. Like, I had yeah. to look up how to pronounce so many words in this, and if I get anything wrong, I just want everybody to know that I'm doing my best, but... Jeez, Chelsea, you gotta play more Skyrim. Uh, looks at the amount of time I've spent playing Skyrim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a oh, lot. it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Additionally, what we know as mushrooms is actually just the fruit of a much larger organism. It's called a fruit because it contains the saprophyte's reproductive organs, spores. The rest of the living body of the fungus, or mushroom, is a mycelium made of a web of small filaments called hyphae. The mycelium can be found hidden underground or in wood. Some mycelium can expand over several kilometers, and the branching hyphae can add up to a kilometer of length to the mycelium every day. They remain unseen until they develop the fruiting body, which we know as mushrooms. Sometimes these can be microscopic, and people may never notice they're there, like mold. Mushrooms eat, again with the air quotes, when the hyphae secretes acids and enzymes that break down surrounding organic material into simple molecules that can pass through the cell walls. So where do they come from? So now that you know... (laughs) (laughs) So now that you already know way more about mushrooms than you ever wanted to, I can tell you what initially led me to start researching this topic. Where do they come from and where do they go? Stay Cotton Eye Joe and die. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is actually fascinating. Most fruits grow through cell division. To get bigger, they have to produce more cells. This is very time consuming and requires a lot of energy. So Mushroom said, screw that, and decided the best method for popping up overnight was through cell enlargement. By just adding water to the mycelium, Mushroom cells actually increase in size, ballooning up very quickly and requiring very little energy. Mushrooms can grow as fast as water can be pumped into the cells. So when you see mushrooms pop up overnight, that's how they did it. Mushrooms, instant mushrooms, just add water. Yeah. I've I've been really curious about that because like there, there are people who do like mushroom farms and caves and stuff and like that... <laughs> That yeah. must be like a, a fairly lucrative business if you can get the right uh, like environment down because they really just, yeah, they, they do just pop up overnight. Yeah, so the initial growth of mushrooms takes a really long time because it takes a long, long time for the mycelium to start developing. But once you have the right conditions and a good environment for them and a strong mycelium, then, yeah, I mean, your mushrooms just pop up overnight. So. You need to find a cave somewhere and start our mushroom farm. Yep. (laughs) 
my next question, though, was where do they go? This is what really just, has just been, like, eating at me for a long, long time. Like All mushrooms go to heaven? They just, they just disappear. <laughs> I don't know if they go to heaven, but I can tell you <laughs> that this is the part that really messed me up. So, oh, goodness. Almost as quickly as they appeared, mushrooms seemed to disappear. You might think they're eaten or stomped on, but the answer is even more interesting than where they came from. Because their cells are filled with so much water, after they've done what they were produced to do and spread their spores into the world, they literally just turn to slime. Oh my goodness. The mushroom fruit is very vulnerable to infections that can spread into the rest of the living body. So to protect itself, the mushroom cell walls deteriorate and they turn to slime. A few other things can happen too. Sometimes the weather can go from wet to hot and dry, and direct sunlight can cause the mushroom to dehydrate into the same size it originally came from. And then, less frequently, of course, the mushroom is actually just eaten. But who could blame anyone for eating them? They are delicious and nutritious while not putting you over a daily caloric intake on account of their mostly water. Now, I'm not a very big fan of mushrooms. I can I can do them on, like, other stuff, like pizza and whatever, where it's, like, kind of hidden. But I'm a weird texture guy, so... <laughs> and, and mushrooms definitely have a strange texture. I love mushrooms in all forms. They taste so good. I love to eat them raw. I love to fry them up in a little bit of soy sauce and lemon and butter. I love to put them on my pizza. I love to put them in my... Uh, dishes the one place i don't like mushrooms is in my curry hmm oh i love a good ala gigi <laughs> just some penne and some uh like prosciutto ham some peas and mushrooms and a tomato sauce oh now mm. i'm hungry shouldn't have, oh yeah shouldn't have recorded up on this at lunchtime i know <laughs> <laughs> um, I, i'm i'm seeing a flaw in our plan <laughs> good yikes uh but next i'll tell you about mushrooms and pop culture so this is where i would put my podcast sponsors if i had any mushrooms so far they're messed up man well definitely don't want to grow them inside don't want that slime all over the place well that and like the mycelium (laughs) can expand over your entire house so fast it's it's creepy (laughs) man um it's too bad that you think it's messed up though because it's time to keep talking about mushrooms by going down a different road entirely. Mushrooms and pop culture. Have you ever really thought about all the places mushrooms exist in our culture? No. They're in... (laughs) (laughs) They're in the Mario universe, Eminem lyrics, to the Terry Pratchett quote, every mushroom is edible once. They've truly saturated our culture. Mushrooms are referenced in literature more than any other fruit or vegetable. But why? Why are humans so fascinated with mushrooms? Well, according to my boop-a-doo-boop-boop-boop research, it's because they are so unique. <laughs> because of the same reasons that caused me to look into this topic in the first place. They appear and disappear quickly. Also, probably because some have psychoactive abilities and some are deadly, which is fascinating. 
When mushrooms first started appearing in literature in Europe, for hundreds of years, they were nasty objects of witchcraft and horror. Which makes sense. If you didn't understand the science behind mushrooms, they would seem kind of like magic, wouldn't they? Like, I mean, they just appear and disappear, like, magic, overnight. Dapper dapper, toil and trouble. Yeah, that too. Probably, you know, a witch might give you a psychoactive mushroom and you'd be like, ah. So, that is also probably a reason why they were objects of witchcraft and horror. Mm. But it took until the 19th century in Britain for mushrooms to become more revered and less feared, starting to appear in stories like the tale of Peter Rabbit, Little Miss Muffet, who sat on a tuffet, and a tuffet is another name for a mushroom. Mushrooms actually have a lot of names, like coral, fruit, mushroom, tuffet, toadstool, I could go on, and Alice in Wonderland. From there, mushrooms spread their way into our hearts, much like they spread their way into the ground, with spores and hyphae. Just kidding. Ooh. Although I do have a conspiracy theory about mushrooms taking over the world after doing all this research. But that's Mushroom Men, Chelsea. That's the, that's what I was talking about. That video game series. Bunch of sentient mushrooms that just take over. At, totally possible. They're very <laughs> alien life form. They could take over the world. You know, like their spores spread. They're tiny. We could breathe them in. They're hyphae and mycelium. Mycelium spread everywhere. It could be in our bodies. They could be controlling us. We would have no way of knowing. This episode sponsored by Mushroom Men. <laughs> <laughs> the video game. <laughs> I wish. Call no, us. I haven't seen one of those in like eight years. Yeah. No, it's maybe, about time. Maybe we'll inspire. Somebody out there make another Mushroom Men. Yeah, maybe we'll inspire I'd them to make another it. one. <laughs> what really caused mushrooms to take off in pop culture, though, was Alice in Wonderland. Have you noticed how most mushrooms are in uh, pop culture or illustrations are red with white spots? Mm. That design is thought to have been originally seen in Alice in Wonderland, where the caterpillar sits huffing and puffing on top of a red toadstool with white spots. That scene actually inspired the design for Nintendo Super Mushroom in the Mario universe, which in turn inspired the design for toads, who are also known as mushroom people, and are the dominant species of the Mushroom Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so interesting how Alice in Wonderland was like, in 1850, they inspired like this whole chain reaction of mushrooms in pop culture. Now, just a second. I feel like you didn't appreciate my fantastic toad uh, <laughs> impression. Whoa! <laughs> I did not. I Ah, uh, that one wasn't as good. <laughs> Whatcha? Gotta put a little fry on that. <laughs> They're two pack a day <laughs> little toadstools. Whatcha? <laughs> oh, I'm crashing around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Less on the pop culture topic, though. Mushroom is also in the name of one of my all-time favorite bands, Infected Mushroom. They make their own flavor mm. of EDM that tastes like psychedelic trance and put out fantastic album after fantastic album. If you're going to Now, check... what does what does psychedelic trance taste like? Um, it tastes like mushrooms. Ah. Oh, I, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a two-way street there. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to check out Infected Mushroom, I would recommend starting with the album Vicious Delicious, but that's just like 
an opinion, man. <laughs> anyway, that takes me to the end of my pop culture section. I'm sure I could talk about it for days and days and hours and hours, but I thought that I would stick to the brief highlights of mushrooms and pop culture, and I really want to move on to medicinal and psychedelic mushrooms. Namely, psilocybin. As someone who has suffered from depression and anxiety for the past 10 years, the breakthroughs in using psilocybin as medicine are fascinating to me. So I might be a little biased on my introduction to this topic, although I tried really hard not to be. I wanted to structure this segment as more of a conversation because I'm curious on your thoughts on the whole thing. But before I get to asking you questions, I can give you a little context on what psilocybin is and how it works, which will probably benefit our listeners too, so... Again, I had to look up how to say a lot of words in this segment, so please don't add me. (laughs) Psilocybin or psilocin. You see, there's that word again. Psilocybin or psilocin are chemical compounds obtained from certain types of dried or fresh mushrooms found all over the world. They are also known as magic mushrooms, mushrooms, sacred mushrooms, shrooms, little smoke, and purple passion. Psilocybin is classified as an indole or tryptamine. The compounds have a similar structure to LSD and are often used for their hallucinogenic and euphoric effects to produce a trip. Psychedelic effects are due to action on the central nervous system serotonin 5-HT receptors. Don't ask me to explain what a 5-HT receptor is or anything about serotonin in the brain because I I just don't understand it. I don't. (laughs) The effects of psilocybin are similar to other hallucinogens. The psychological reaction to psilocybin use include visual and auditory hallucinations. Since it interferes with serotonin, it can affect mood, sensory perception, sleep, hunger, body temperature, and muscle control, as well as much longer as well as a much longer list of less common effects that are usually only present when psilocybin is mixed with other drugs. But like anything that interferes with a serotonin receptor, it can cause a serotonin overdose, which is very unpleasant and includes things like muscle twitchiness, uh, headaches, confusion, dizziness, and a a long list of side effects. So mostly... Yucky. It's yucky. Mostly you just have to be careful that you're taking the correct dose of psilocybin, which is hard to do when it's a street drug because you never know what strain of mushroom you're consuming or how it's going to affect you unless your dose is very carefully measured. I had a friend in high school who ate way too many mushrooms and thought that he broke every bone in his body and was dying, so definitely have to make sure that you get your mushrooms from a trusted source, such as the government. And... (laughs) (laughs) and don't overdo it. In modern medicine, psilocybin is starting to show benefits in one-time doses, showing long-time benefits for anxiety and depression, with effects lasting up to a year. In a recent study, researchers found that one dose of psilocybin in pigs increased the number of synapses and made serotonin signaling more effective, and studies in humans show long-term benefits in mood improvement, especially in end-of-life anxieties, in patients, which is something that the Canadian government has actually recently started experimenting with. 
So now that you have a little context, I wanted to chat about it. Yeah. Because Canada, which is where we, which is where we are from, it's a tongue twister. Where we are from, a lot of W sounds. Anyway, uh, <laughs> because Canada is offering psilocybin to ease end of life anxiety in patients, I was wondering what your opinion on that was. Hmm. Well, I think like I, I'm not sure. Uh, like it, it, it's definitely like if it weren't this, it would probably be other drugs and and like pain relievers and and uh other sorts of things but uh i think yeah when you're at that point then and you um need something it's it's kind of like what whatever we can uh whatever we can prove works and and is effective for for i guess making you comfortable yeah for me for the amount of research i did it seems like there's less negative side effects for taking psilocybin than uh, opioids or other drugs mm-hmm. but again it's end of life care so whatever we can do to make things easier right mm-hmm. um, are you excited about the future of psilocybin in medicine I have no idea <laughs> I like I do not keep up with with my my medicine research uh um i guess like yeah again like whatever is effective for relieving certain pains and anxieties and uh like mental conditions and and whatever like if we find found something that is like renewable and and is uh, effective and uh like easily accessible then i yeah i guess that is pretty good on my books (laughs) yeah i mean i'm excited because i take uh, medication for my anxiety and depression every day and it has a lot of side effects like headaches and dizziness and if I could have something that I could take once a year that would ease my suffering <laughs> and I wouldn't have to take a daily medication then I think that that would be really exciting for me although again I've seen a friend have a really bad trip mm-hmm. and I'm concerned about self-medicating or um what the effects on me could be i like to be firmly based in reality and i worry that a mushroom trip would be highly concerning so i definitely so it it does have like long-term effects like you don't have to like take it on a regular basis it's like it lasts for yeah i've seen some studies that show that it increases the number of synapses and makes serotonin signaling more effective so you basically, your brain is more receptive to the serotonin that you naturally produce after one psilocybin trip, and the effects can actually last up to a year. Mm. And that study that I'm referencing was done in pigs, but there have been some studies done in humans that showed the same thing, although, of course, there hasn't been any large clinical trials that show this consistently working in humans, and it's probably different for everybody so uh well that's like for every sort of drug on the market is is it's based on uh the specific person they'll have different effects yeah exactly it's not much different than than what's on the market right now yeah exactly so i i personally i'm really excited about the future of it but i think i would only take it if a doctor was like here is the exact amount of synthesized psilocybin yeah. 
that you need to take for a year of benefits. Otherwise, I, I don't know if I could do it, which leads me into my next question, actually, is would you ever try it? I don't know. I mean, like, the, the effects wouldn't really... I don't know. I, I don't feel like I would have uh, sort of the condition to justify it. Like, uh, and, and yeah, I you know me, I'm like very straight laced for yes. everything. Like, I, I don't even uh, really care to take like Tylenol or Advil or anything in, unless like something's really bugging me. Um, yeah, I've like, I, I've never seen you drink. Actually, I think I might have seen you have half a glass of wine one time. Maybe. Yeah, wine's like the one go-to kind of for me. Uh, you had that one party in high school where I had one, like, what was it? It was like a rye and root beer. Uh, and then I drank tea with your mom and Griffin in the corner <laughs> for the rest of the party. My mom is And very... if you want to sum up my high school experience, that was it. My mom is very fa- fond of you. At the same party, yeah. I peed off a shed roof, so... Uh, oh my goodness. As as you can tell, we're very different. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if a boy can do it, why can't I? Hmm. Hashtag yes, no regrets. Yes, the wonders of alcohol. Yeah. Oh my god. I got... I was so sick after that. Like, that was my... Oh no. That was my 18th birthday. And Mm -hmm. my aunts and uncles all bought me different shots at a bar before we went to the party. So I, like, only have, like, small flashes of memories from the party. I think that's when you had to, like, have help in the shower from a friend, too, to, like, get all cleaned up. Yep. Yep, I did. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What? And that is why I am a one-drink person per, like, two months. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll live longer, so... Yeah, so I do have this story... Oh, this is getting out on a, a tangent from your topic. But, hey, that's, uh, that's okay, my topic... So... That was the last question on my topic, so we can go on awesome. tangents all we want yeah. now. <laughs> I'll, I'll just make this a real quick point. Uh, I, I did get on the verge of drunkenness one time when I had a, um, an especially strong margarita that my mom made for a, like a, a Mexican food night. Uh, and then I had a wine right after, I believe, and I just get sleepy drunk. So that's Aww. pretty much me. So <laughs> I'm like fully lucid. I just like get tired. So yeah, I can see that happening to you. It's not exciting for me. <laughs> it's uh, it's very exciting for me. But <laughs> the older I get, the more sick it makes me, and I'm da- I'm back to like a two drink a party person, unless it's a mm-hmm. special occasion. Haven't had an excuse for any special occasions in a long time, though. No, there was your wedding. <laughs> That's true. But Andy went more hog wild on that one <laughs> yeah i mean everybody deserves to go hog wild on their wedding though so yeah well but anyway that uh that was me telling you about everything that i learned about mushrooms in the past couple of weeks nice nice <laughs> nice uh i i did not write an outro for this oh no oh what are we gonna do uh again how do we podcast (laughs) i don't know (laughs) what is this 
I'm being taken away! No! The I... mushrooms have come! <laughs> I am confident that... They're our... crawling all over my body! I'm confident that our mushrooms... I mean, our podcasts will get more succinct as... Oh my god, is my cat. <laughs> this has been an episode of Arcana Archives, a new podcast by the Arcana Collective. We hope you can join us as we delve into nerdom on a variety of different topics over the next years, decades. <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know how the, long we're going to do this podcast for. The coming months. The coming months. We plan to learn lots along the way, and we hope you podcast will join us on coming. this journey. <laughs> anyway, see you in the next episode. Bye! Thank you for listening to the Arcana Archives, an exploration. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's it. That's the outro. There we go. Thank you for listening to the Arcana Archives, an exploration into nerddom. If you have any questions or suggestions for future topics or guests, please reach out to us at arcanacollective.archives at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook or Instagram with the username at Arcana Archives. Hope to see you again. What do you think of that? Just kidding. <laughs>